Who you heard speaking there is Dr. Keisha Soro. She's an international public speaker. She has a fierce commitment to literacy, education, and student agency. And uh, we are bringing her on to talk about a couple of things. Um, first, well, you know what? I don't want I don't want to give it out. I think we'll just let it flow. Good morning, Dr. Keisha. Good morning, Barrister Fenton. It's a pleasure to meet you uh, digitally. Digital, digital meetings over radio. And guess what? That's how the kids are going to make it happen this 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 semester with their with their teachers. Seriously, they're going to be the gurus in a few months because they're swear. already technology savants. Yeah, and then you can hear the. I saw a fu- something funny uh, last night on Facebook. I think I think it was a YouTube clip, but it came through through Facebook. Someone posted it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, this is how the this is how the kids are going to be looking on Zoom. And they had a uh, he was an adult and he was sitting on the right side of the frame and the teacher was on the left side of the frame. And you say and I'm look, I'm on Facebook now. And his eyeballs kept going off, like go veering to the right. And then you'll see a hand coming like out. Boom, boom. And all I can think of is my mother. Boy, if you don't sit your butt down. Ooh. It's going to be a these lot of that. Brilliant. No, these babies are brilliant. Like they're now doing screenshots and sort of freezing themselves and writing reconnecting as their Zoom name with, like, the three dots. Like, these kids are on it. Like, they're putting adults in time out. Like, we, we are creating some brilliant. <laughs> you know what? The, I, I look, at, look, the bad kid in me, I'm so proud of them right yeah, now. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. I know. Those who are creative are winning right now. No question. <laughs> I would have come up with all types of ingenious ways to not be sitting before that camera. I promise you. That's why it didn't happen. No, we needed you to be an attorney. We needed you to get those credentials. So it happened the way it happened. It's so good to meet you. Oh, Lord. It's so hilarious. I have. We, okay. That's all. I'm going off track here. So, all right. With that, it's going to be a lot of stress. Also, I heard another gentleman. He came on and he's like, uh, DCFS is going to come pick him up because how about the children who will be left at home? Like they're sitting before the screen and mama's like, well, you know what? I need to run out to the store. Mm. Like, you know, is that a lot of that's going to occur? But some summarizing it all, what it leads to or lends itself to, although laughs, is going to be a lot of stress. So what what is the stress level? What is the anticipated stress level on parents, on the kids? How do we approach it? What to expect? I can only touch on a few of those things because anyone who would dare have the audacity to stand up in this moment and try to speak for parents across the board, educators across mm-hmm. the board, in this unprecedented moment, of yeah. uh, a perfect storm of components should not have a stage to speak from. So what I will humbly say is that we are seeing so many things, like the scholar researcher in me, I have been paying close attention uh, to the APA's research because they've been coming out monthly um, with these studies on stress, like they've been taking the pulse of the nation and they've aggregated the data. So we're looking at BIPOC communities. We're looking at, you know, the whole spectrum. And we know that stress is a major concern as adults. Right. But then when you add on the parenting aspect, 
and the whole online remote or blended learning aspect, pods, all the things that are happening, that's when things get off the chart. And we don't have the tools yet to accurately measure what is the full impact of this. The only thing we know for sure is that we must protect the social, emotional health of adults and children right now. Right. Because that's the only buffer we have to protect against the stress that is on the verge of being toxic, if not toxic. And that brings a whole gamut of issues in itself. If you're dealing with toxic stress in an early childhood stage, or you're a parent who had exposure to toxic stress when you were a student, because I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm slightly revolutionary with mine, and I'm very much an (laughs) anti-racist educator. So Mm -hmm. we want to talk about the parents who went through stressful situations or they were victims Mm -hmm. of spirit murder, as Dr. Bettina Love says, then they're being triggered right now as well as they're forced to relive schooling in this suddenly Mm. online landscape. So you have this perfect storm of things. You have a child experiencing this and you have an adult who may have been (sighs) spiritually murdered. They may have been attacked on their reading. They may have been attacked on their math. They may have had an ignorant racist educator that had power over them. Yeah. Put them through situations that they thought they had escaped but were never dealt with. Yeah. And now they're asked to help their child deal with reading or deal with math. So a lot of parents are going back to school and reliving, you know, their school years. Absolutely are. Yes. Absolutely are. But. Good morning. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, Dr. Keisha, this is how you want to start the conversation. <laughs> and you know what? I took that for mm. granted. I, that never even occurred to me because I had a pretty good experience, although I did experience racism, mm-hmm. you know, in my educational experience. But I've sort mm-hmm. of, you know, I've kind of sort of brushed it off. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking of the people, and then, you know, academically, I was always strong. So the mm-hmm. idea of me going back to school is really not that big of a deal, but I didn't mm-hmm. think about it from other people's standpoint. I'm thinking about my classmates who were not academically strong mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I, I have a heart for it. And, like, that's one of the reasons why, and this isn't shameless plug time. Mm-hmm. This is just honesty. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I started Dr. Keisha Cares. Mm-hmm. I have a YouTube channel and I have like eight hours of free content teaching adults because my realm is literacy and early childhood literacy at that. But I have hours of content walking parents through how you can engage with reading aloud to not only buffer yourself against the stress, but talk with your child about some of the things we're seeing, be it racism, being standing up to racism, be it anxiety, be it worry, be it fear. That's the next one we're going to talk about on Thursday, the fear of failure. Wow. I am attorney Ernest B. Fenton, and we've been speaking with Dr. Keisha Serbo. And uh, I appreciate uh, the conversation. You've already enlightened me. You've given Uh me a different perspective. So um, let's jump over here. Then I I certainly want to come back to the stress of parents and the kids and, you know, how we can deal with that. But but matter of fact, you said something about a YouTube channel and something that you have available for parents that assist with stress and for children. And how how do they access that? Um, Across all social media platforms of 
Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. All they need to type in is Dr. D.R. Keisha, K-E-I-S-H-A, CARES, C-A-R-E-S. And you'll get all of my content. And within my, I created video curriculums Mm -hmm. on YouTube. So you'll have the books I use, the research Mm -hmm. I cite to because I use public access uh, research. So everything I have, I have freely given back. Nothing's hidden. Okay. And, and full disclosure, my wife is a super teacher. I have to I have to mention that every time. She's a fourth grade hey, teacher. super teacher. Yes. So there's a yes. So there's a story out of the University of Pitt, right? Is that Pittsburgh and now they're requiring all incoming freshmen they must take an anti-racism class. And I know you mentioned mm-hmm. about the triggers and racism. So mm-hmm. how do we address that? <sighs> all right. So here we go. The university um, system, I certainly respect the idea and the concept behind it, but as someone who's taught to think critically, I immediately want to know who designed the curriculum, right? who's teaching the course, right? and in terms of who's teaching the course, have they done the internal work within themselves, be they, by, you know, people of color, white, et cetera, mm-hmm. because we all cover our own issues within the anti-racist pedagogy of, you know, kindy. But I want to say a little more in the sense that the tragic shooting of Jacob Blake Jr. in mm-hmm. Wisconsin right. happened in front of his three sons, right. yeah. three, five, and eight. <laughs> So if we're talking about putting in mandatory classes at the university system, by the time his sons reach that level, where will they be in the spectrum? I think we need to honestly consider doing anti-racist work in a deeply meaningful way throughout the school system. And I love the work of the anti-racist teaching network or the abolitionist teaching network like there's a lot of movements right now that are saying like i love dr patina's work around we need to do more than survive there's a call to dismantle a lot of the structures that have held up our school system the racist structures that have allowed people to reach powerful positions and create these policies and these mandates that are inherently racist yeah so it's one thing to teach it at the university level but it's a whole nother thing to say if we want to produce the type of students that when they get to this pedagogy in the university system, they can add to it or bring their own stories of experience, then we need to start a lot earlier. And we need to think a lot wider than just university, because I'm sure there are some employment uh, places that could benefit from these changes as well. There are positions of power outside. I would love to talk to the people working on the essential lines of what we identified as important, what is the anti-racist temperature in those environments? Right. So, <clears throat> yeah. And, and we get a good That's idea of it again with, I mean, what's playing out in terms of police officers in the community. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we yeah. do. So <clears throat> our children and the stress of the parents. So mm. how about the parents? What would you say to parents? 
I would say to any and every parent listening, I salute you with all of my credentials, with everything I stand on, with all the glass ceilings that I have broken through. I honor and acknowledge all of the work that is happening right now that nobody sees. All of the stress you may be experiencing and trying to figure out how to handle all these new financial responsibilities that have come with you. I was looking at my utility bill (laughs) and I'm up single. Yeah. No kids. And close that, close that damn refrigerator. Why are you back in that refrigerator? You're in school right now. There are no refrigerators in school. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes. there's no stimulus check for you. <laughs> that was and my check. There's nobody coming. So, like, before we even get into the academics, yeah. I just want to stand up and say I salute yeah. every adult that is out here doing the work. Mm. Because you are doing a lot of this in the silence of invisibility. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. I don't know where to I don't know how to even begin to process it all. I don't have any school age children, you know, and I have a spouse and I would imagine what would be the challenge of us even having a child now at home, yeah. you know, and having to educate them from home and uh, mm-hmm. just being present. And then now mm-hmm. I think for a lot of parents, the stress will also come from and we sort of hit on it before. There are a lot of people, a lot of parents, unfortunately, who are just not equipped academically to be of much mm-hmm. assistance. I think mm-hmm. we can also imagine that the the educational experience from a mm-hmm. from a um, reading and writing arithmetic standpoint won't be the same. It won't be mm-hmm. as intensive, if you will. So now there, there's an even greater requirement to supplica- supplement your child's um, education. Mm-hmm. And now the behavioral problems, which we haven't hit on, the behavioral problems that your tri- child has in school, you know, or socialization now is, you know, they, they're, they're with you. Although you're the parent, I mean, now you have six more or eight more hours a day um, mm-hmm. to deal with your child and the energy and everything else that perhaps they get out in school mm-hmm. let's open up the lines at 773-591-1690 yes, let's talk yep it's 773-591-1690 uh we have dr keisha serbo we'll be right back you just heard dr keisha serbo and she's been speaking with us this morning the lines are open 773-591-1690 773 773- five nine one one six nine zero and um in case you don't know now you know dr sabo she's the first african-american to graduate with an ma degree from beijing normal university in beijing china a phd from the university of hong kong she's a globally respected scholar with several academic awards to her name welcome back to the show dr sabo Oh, thank you so much, Beth. Yeah, we had, to, we had to drop the ballistics on them. I don't know if you know all that lingo, with all those degrees and stuff. I don't know. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So, um, but I'm out here for the culture. You got one. One of us made it over. We, we here. We yeah, we try here. to pull it, and we just try to pull a few more on over. Come on over. We lifting as we climb. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and holding on for dear life, so fingernails on the side of the cliff. <laughs> all at the same time. We got to climb, we got to hold on, and we got to pull all at the same time. 
weed now that we can tell the truth to. Yeah, exactly. So we can go back in and deal with the nonsense. For sure, for yeah. sure. I call my Earl. I call my cousin Earl. Right. Here's the first thing out of my mouth. Okay. I need five minutes. This is between you and me. It doesn't go anywhere. And he's like, okay, okay, let me turn on my, let me turn my TV down. Let me turn my TV down. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. Mine is Mama C. Oh, okay. Absolutely. We all got somebody that holds us together so we can fight another day. But I'm so excited to hear from the listeners. Yeah. And hear from the people. How can we support? Yeah, let's go to Gray. Gray's been holding on for quite some time. Man, I am Dr. Excuse me, Dr. Reverend Doctor. <laughs> I am so pleased to have an opportunity. You're gonna ah, Tien, I put it in some Gray. Well, I live beige. Have you seen the Belgians? Let's get right to it. Yeah. I believe Doc, that educational achievement is the difference between economic isolation and economic opportunity for all citizens. Mm -hmm. And you so right on in terms of these collaborations through public and private partnerships that are achieving uh, a greater significance. This is what I want to say, and I'm going to make it real quick because mm -hmm. you got a little mm -hmm. home. My name is Ron Gray, and, and you remember Ron Brown, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ron Brown and Ron Gray together, you got Ron Black. The basics, your question was if you don't know two times two is four and four times two is eight and eight times two is what, sixteen? Right. And if you don't know I'm just go to the fours. Four times four is sixteen and sixteen times four is sixty four and sixty four times four is three hundred fifty six. The difference between sixteen and three fifty six is what? Two hundred uh what is it? I'm not math. Something. 240? Something like that. <laughs> 240? But, Kim, okay, how but anyway. Yeah. No, no. 240. And the difference between 625 and, and, and 16 is 609, if I'm not correct. But I'm guessing. Doc, there was a, uh, uh, an article Rick called, written in the 60s called Black Youth Endangered Species. The reason I call in here is to get educated. I dropped out of high school, and I'm probably the baddest big whiz player since the sixth grade kid who didn't finish high school. And I used to say stupid stuff like, oh, I could have graduated with the rest of the dummies. Who was the dummy? Who's the dummy, Doc? Who's the dummy? I call to get educated, and I get educated every time I call into this show. And this is not a game with me. Yeah. Two don't wait, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And airplanes. And I got a plane to catch. Thank you. Okay. You. Thank you, sir. Very good. Take care. <laughs> uh, he said uh, academics is um, a, will create the difference, right, between economic mm -hmm. isolation and economic opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear a lot of people say that they don't need a degree, right? And, mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm going to just say, so we won't belabor the point, I don't think you do need a degree per se. But what mm -hmm. you do need is education. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so however you may pursue yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's important that you un like the conversations around anti-racism, around equity, around the things that we're talking about today are goals. They're things we're working towards. But in the reality of right now, we are still dealing with systemic injustices. 
And the only way you can navigate and move through this system is to learn it mm-hmm. and then figure out where those opportunities are for you to then begin to dismantle it. I wouldn't be on this show right. if I didn't have the credentials I had. Right. But guess who I am? Right. I'm just as revolutionary and woke as I've always been, but now I can write an academic paper, a blog journal, and a YouTube video. We need you to be effective mm-hmm. no matter how you go about it. That's what we need, whether you do it with a degree or you do it with your own independent brilliance. Nipsey Hustle is a beautiful example of a marathon well run. So however you get here, just get here and be powerful. Right. Absolutely. Let's go to line two, Janice. Hi. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about my Sunday school teachers. I didn't see why Mm. the black church doesn't have them learn Sunday, have them teach phonics in Sunday school. They say a child can learn how to read at three, start to learn. How I got it, when I started working at the university, I worked in the education department, and I saw the difference in between teachers that were in the black schools versus the ones that were in the suburban schools. For one thing, they feared their parents. One of them told me, I fear my parents, because if those test scores aren't there, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I'm gone. But see, they don't fear our teachers because they can get up there year after year. They were saying the same thing when I was a kid, 63. Well, some kids can't read, you know, it's this and that. But in the suburbs, they're not going to hear that in certain areas. And even in Chicago, no side, they're not going to hear that. But half the Sunday school teachers teach. And I had a lot of black teachers that were totally negative, too, in the school system. That's why mm-hmm. I brought up my Sunday school teachers. They're negative. Mm-hmm. Some of them were lazy. You know, they're mm-hmm. just giving handouts all the time. And you can, and sitting at the desk, you've got to, get, like Marva Collins said, you've got to walk up and down those aisles because a lot of kids are just doodling. Mm-hmm. My educator was my mother and my sister and another girl named Sheila who helped me out in school when I was having trouble with math. She said, here, let me show you. And, you know, she did, and then I, I caught it. So we've got to look at a new way of doing things. And a degree doesn't mean you're competent. I've met too many teachers that weren't competent who had degrees. Mm-hmm. And we need to say, if you can't pass the competency test, why are you teaching? You know, Illinois um, got rid of their competency test. But I guarantee you, those suburban districts aren't letting incompetent teachers get into those schools. And when, and when a whole school is failing, it's more than the students. Thank but you, those Janice. teachers will retire. Pension. I was working at the school. They had a teacher in there who had been teaching for 30 years in Chicago public schools. And they said, anytime kids went in there, they regressed. And I was telling we, me, you know, the secretaries were talking. And, and the one of the educators said, who cares about the pension? How many lives did she destroy along that journey? And I never thought mm-hmm. of it that way. We have, we have how many murdering. lives did Absolutely. she destroy? We, thank you, Janice. I know, I know Dr. Keisha Serbo did not come on to stop me from crying. I know this is not about me, but I feel like crying. And if I feel like crying and I don't have children in school, I know parents have got to be crying at night. Mm. They have got to be because, like, I'm just like, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we're being cute right now. Let's not be cute in our last six or seven minutes. I'm going to be straight up with you. I just see our black kids in the urban communities already 76% or more headed by uh, black women. No, no daddy in the household. Probably half of our households have some level of high dysfunction. It's alcohol. There's drug abuse. There's a boyfriend. There's baby daddy. There's grandmama. There's economic issues. There's unemployment. There's COVID. There's the block I live on. Are we really being honest? Like, Where should we be right now? I feel like I'm like, let's just be honest. 
60, 70% of us, we are in basic survival mode. Like, how do I just save this child right now and just stop them from just becoming illiterate? Because a large percentage of students, and I don't, in in Chicago, and I'm not even, I mean, I know enough to know this, they already can't read. They're already behind. So let's just be honest. What should we be doing right now? How can we salvage whatever we can salvage in this moment? Hmm. I am going to lovingly push back against that and say, we can do more than survive. We can thrive. Okay. Because if we want to go into our ancestral lineage, we stand on the shoulders of people that survived slavery, that survived being ripped away from what they knew. And I'm going to throw in black and brown indigenous communities as well. We can not only get through this moment, but I challenge you to realize that we have the tools, thanks to the blood of our ancestors, to navigate this. And I'm going to do more than just encourage you. I'm going to give you some research and some citations. Please look into Dr. Goldie Muhammad, Sida sister, her work on cultivating genius. She is doing phenomenal work. Uh, professor at the University of Georgia. Her book looks at black literary societies from the 1800s. She's developed a literacy curriculum that looked at when slaves were free or when slaves had run away Mm -hmm. and found these pockets of free black population. And they started re-educating them. Or the first thing a lot of slaves wanted to do when they were freed or when they got the freedom Mm They wanted to learn how to read. And so you had free black population that formed literary societies. And these literary societies looked at how do, we, uh, how do we teach the whole person? Because we have to take off the shackles, the mental shackles that this person was exposed to, build them up, and then give them the skills so that they can continue to water their own seeds of wisdom and help plant seeds elsewhere. How relevant is that to what we're dealing with now? Very. We're not the first to go through this. I love that we had a caller that talked about the Sunday school teachers. If you go through any of the hymns of the black church, there is so much hope and resilience in these songs. If you just find yourself in a place where you can find music to buffer you, to build yourself up, woman, man, binary, non-binary, gender non-conforming person, build yourself up and realize this moment is not here to break you. You can thrive. Make sure your babies know how to thrive. There there are so many resources. I also want to shout out Nikolai Pizarro because I want you to understand scholarship isn't always in the university. Nikolai Pizarro is an outstanding black woman with a Facebook group called BIPOC-led Uh, communities of color and this woman is all over the nation right now new york times wall street journal she created a platform for educators to come together with people of color around the spectrum in this moment so there are so many education revolutionaries as i want to see or say that are out here doing the work so no one needs to feel like they are crying alone I'm not going to discount your tears, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to tell you to feel what you feel, 
because you, we are dealing with some crazy things. But there are support systems. There are free resources. Everything I've mentioned that I provide is free. Right there on YouTube, right here on the Internet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But so, and, and, and that posture. And I'm mm-hmm. with you. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm on with you. I'm in the fight. I want to quit every mm-hmm. morning. I come on air all the time, Dr. Keisha, and I tell people how I want to quit. That's you follow? Show, so I express that. Things. Oh, I know. So I, I, know. I, I, so I express that, right? I'm like, because I know some parents are like, I'm going to quit. And I'm telling you, when yeah. I look at the educational system and how far behind we are and given the mm-hmm. current uh, set of circumstances, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying we shouldn't push forward. I'm not saying we can't educate ourselves. But, like, right now in this war, quote, unquote, what should our posture be? Mm. You follow? Like right now, oh, should yeah. we just be like, let's just make sure those kids, from a reading standpoint, a reading comprehension standpoint, mm-hmm. um, are prepared to go? How, how, where should we be? We want to develop criticality. Okay. Dr. Goldie Muhammad does a beautiful job of this in her book talking about cultivating genius. Developing criticality means that you have raised children and you yourself are critically aware that when somebody, if we're dealing with the school system metaphor, somebody puts a document in front of you that is explaining. <laughs> uh, we talked about the RNC uh, convention. So if you have criticality, criticality, you can listen to what they're telling you about the pandemic, because right now we're in the spin of what happened. Mm-hmm. And you will have the critical skills. To if you don't know, you know how to get online and research. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, you know how to go back through authentic documents <laughs> that tell you who died, mm-hmm. who didn't, what are all the deeper issues. So when you're given the butter of a lie, you have the critical still to think through it. You can be within this system, but be able to see the matrix within this system. We want to develop scholarship that's critical. Whether that be in school, whether it be on the streets, we need those brilliant minds. Church, I see you. You're out here, too. I am attorney Ernest B. Fenton. And um, we've been having a conversation with uh, Dr. Keisha Serbo. And um, now the lines are lighting up. And um, you got me to thinking there, Dr. Serbo. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do want to put this into some context. I think the couple of next callers can assist with that. I don't want to just sort of leave it here. You know, I feel like it's an undone conversation. It's a broad, 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 broad topic. Absolutely. Yeah. But I did say something. I think, you know, it took us all this time to get here. It was necessary. And I essentially said, or my inclination is like, I don't think, I'm just going to be honest, I don't think we can get it all done right now. I don't think we can get reading, writing, arithmetic, science, geography, socialization. Are you following what I'm saying? So like our traditional educational experience, even though it's being taught now in an unconventional way, it's not possible. It's probably not possible for most of us. Right. Just given the limitations. And that's just my take on it. If I'm, you know, if you if you have a different perspective, tell me. And so I asked the question, I said, so where should we place our focus? I mean, we have limited resources and we have, quote unquote, unlimited um, needs. Right. And so you said critical thinking. So we should be criticality. Th- criticality. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. 
That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Now, I'm going to bring Tommy on. And, Tommy, I'm not going to step on your toes. But let's be clear. And, Dr. Sabo, you don't know much about me. You probably got my spirit. I don't even know how to quit. Okay? <laughs> so quit ain't in me. So when I say no, stuff like. we're looking for good trouble. Correct. Mm-hmm. So when I'm saying, when I say stuff like we're in survival mode, I don't mean like we're just going to survive and die. What I'm saying is I'm a soldier, too. I'm saying I know when to push back and then just take my win in small ways. I know how to lose a battle to win a war. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like mm-hmm. quit. That's criticality. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking thing. about. Yeah. That's what I'm it's talking strategic. about. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's bring on, I'll bring on Tommy now. First of all, good morning, uh, Attorney Fenton, and good morning, uh, Doctor. Uh, I just called because I, I, I just wanted to say to the person uh, who taught me how to be OJ proof that uh, there's no such thing as, as you quit. Because if you quit, then what? Right. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying I, I, this is not a debate. It's, it's what the doctor said. We have been in survival mode since the moment that we landed on on, on Plymouth Rock. And, and, mm-hmm. and it, it is exactly what she says. Uh, uh, you know, Ernest, I, I, I said this respectfully. If it would not be for W.V.O.N., W.V.O.N. hit 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 the hit the road running trying to encourage, trying to invigorate, trying to illuminate, mm-hmm. trying to give people clarity of their reality, of their circumstance, of their situation, and not only trying to do all these things, but also giving viable, proven solutions to overcome. Now, if we can buy some damn gym shoes and hair and, <laughs> and rob and break in for TVs and stuff, at this moment right now, we need Cougar Chocolia cooperative <laughs> cooperation to the understanding mm. that no one is going to do it but us, and we got the greatest platform of individuals like yourself, the Doctor Perry. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, just listen to what Kim says. E- e- even, even the Republican. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't like the guy, but I love him because his 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 insight gives clarity. If you really want it. So the question this morning is, we may be in this situation with the schools. We may be having financial situations, but I guarantee you, as sure as I'm talking to you on this phone, my mother, when she passed away, said, see stars. And I couldn't understand it. And I leave you with this because Mm. then I did understand it. So you can look down and see where you're stuck. But if you look up, You'll Mm. see stars. You'll see endless possibility. Even Jimmy Cricket says, when you wish upon a star, it doesn't matter who you are. If you believe (laughs) dreams come true, they will for you now. A cartoon (laughs) Hey, Tommy. Don't hang up, Tommy. Do not hang up. Do not hang up this phone. I'm, okay. I'm all in. I'm back, Tommy. I'm with you. I'm all in, Tommy. You never was I, Tommy, I was just taking the yeah. knee. But hold on. I'm back. Thank you, Dr. Sarone. Tommy, you, Tommy, hold on. I got a question for you. So That's what? Fair. All right. So how do we charge up this mountain? So like you like, I said that before, actually. I said this is an opportunity. How do we turn mm-hmm. this moment into an opportunity? We turn this moment into an opportunity by understanding all those that went across that Pettage Bridge, all those that believed that one day that we could stand up and recognize that we are human beings, and most importantly, by understanding that these people have given us a deck of jokers. 
So we take the jokers and turn them into aces. We got doctors, lawyers. We got educators. Look, if we can go and give these people all our trillions, you know, one of the things people do, they call in and they say, yeah, yeah, we give we give a trillion billion dollars away to everybody else. Why can't we just go and give one of these vacant schools here in the city of Chicago or two or three of them, put our money together, go fund me, get our educators, get our kids, find proven solutions. Hell, if we got to come together and go buy Chromebooks for these kids, we can do it if we just understand that no one is going to help us but us, and they're going to always use us for the main cause as to what's going wrong. So, attorney, I love you, man. I, I, I've always loved you, man. I sit back and listen to you for every every moment that you've been on the on the air. I always called in and stuff. But when you taught me how to be OJ proof, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tommy, I appreciate it. I appreciate. I just want to, um, if I may, may I say something? Mm-hmm. I also want to add to those honest statements. I think we also need to protect our elders. One of the tragedies of COVID-19 is that it robbed us of so many of our elders. Yeah. And we haven't even done the data yet to really figure out just how many we lost. But we must protect the ones that remain because these are the people who went through the segregated or newly segregated school systems. These are the ones who experienced Jim Crow, the Mm. civil rights movement, like losing John Lewis the way that we did in the moment that we lost him, despite all of the massive things that he had done, hurt my heart tremendously because there was yet another brilliant light that was transitioned. And so for the ones that we have left, as we collectively begin to think about how we're going to move forward I think we also need to leave space for the remaining elders and their experiences because they can show us the hidden loopholes that they had to fall into. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're speaking with Dr. Keisha Serbo. You can find her on all major medias, right? Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Um, You can Google Dr. Keisha Cares. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we have one more minute. If you would like to wrap it up, anything else you'd like to share? It's been an honor and a privilege. Um, in this experience of sheltering in place, this conversation brought so much joy to my day. If there was any adult listening, um, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, I'm going to have a live stream conversation on dealing with the fear of failure. Oh. So we're going to look at it from the context of parents, for the context of educators in this time and space. And so I also, again, want to close by saying thank you to every educator, every adult out here doing the work. We see you. We see you. And we just adopted you. We see you too, sister. (laughs) You ain't getting away now. You can forget about it. You might as well get ready. You might as well get a ticket and come on to Chicago. All right. So I will be reaching out and um, I'll send you a link for my book as well. And I'll check you out. All right. All righty. Have a nice day. Beautiful day. Nice meeting you.